Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Today we answer the question, where is all the inventory? Where are all the homes for sale? Well, it's almost spring. I have buyers. I want to have things to sell. But before we get to, how many points did we write on this one, Julie? This is a multi-part series, so it will probably be three podcasts, and I think we're going to do roughly five or six points a day. And what we're going to be doing is helping these guys uh, to find homes that aren't necessarily just for sale in the MLS and whatnot. Absolutely. Becoming more and more important. And you know, we have talked about this from time to time as inventory has been suppressed. But once again, we are under the all-important million active listings. That's kind of a low watermark. And to put that in perspective, between uh, 2002 and 2005 or six, you know, the previous, uh, now it's being looked at, of course, is the housing bubble, there were two and a half million listings that were active. Now we're at 970,000 actives as of this recording. So we're really, really low compared to that housing boom. Again, pointing out the fact that this is not just like that. And in fact, when everything you know hit the fan and we had the housing crash, we were actually over 4 million active listings. So that just gives you some perspective just how low 970,000 actives nationwide really is. And some of that inventory is actually burning off the new construction that the builders had in backlog. So if it weren't for builder inventory, that 970 would be even lower. And if it weren't for the iBuyers uh, selling some of their stuff, it would be even lower. So here we are with the low inventory story once again. And the fact is you need, listeners, two things. You need to get your buyers in contract, and you need to find more listings for your own listing inventory. Now, we have done a ton of podcasts, Julie alluded to it, on similar topics in the past because it is that important, obviously. And what we're doing today and tomorrow and the following day, if it lasts three days, is we've updated. And really, I think, obviously, Julie's uh, always sharp with the facts and the statistics. But this is the updated list of where to find homes for sale. The main thing is, and you can look at this from a bunch of different ways, how to use this information. Obviously, it's a checklist for you. It's great educational content if you're an office manager or a team leader. Um, but the other thing is, frankly, it's a really powerful way to explain to your prospective buyers and the sellers that become buyers what you're going to be doing to find homes. So if you're in a situation where you're competing for a listing, because Julie and I, you know, we're always focused on helping you guys become listing agents, and that seller is saying, well, I don't want to put my house for sale because I'm worried about finding something to buy. Well, Mr. Seller, who will soon be Mr. Buyer, this is the checklist of all the things I'm going to do to find a home for you. Uh, now, again, if, you're, if that's a competitive listing situation and that seller sees that you're going to go above and beyond to help them secure their next home, clearly you're going to get that listing because clearly they have seen and you have proven yourself to be a true professional. So keep your mind open as we go through these points. Yes. So before we get to the actual 23 strategies, again, we'll do this over three days, three podcasts. Before we get to that, we've got to uh, talk about a couple of thoughts, right? So number one, how well do you actually know what your buyers are looking for? This comes out in coaching calls all the time. Are they or you being way too specific or overly obsessed with a certain area, amenity, or school district? It might be time to discuss having some flexibility. Know your buyer clients must-haves versus would-be-nice-to-have criteria. And number two, 
most importantly, stop relying only on your MLS. This is one method, it is no longer the method. So commit to following the strategies that we'll be laying out for you shortly for every buyer who's qualified and motivated or simply refer them to an agent who will do a better job for them. It's not fair for buyers to not be in contract just because you haven't been strategic enough to actually find them something. So, and remember, anything that you do to find inventory for buyers will also find you listings to list yourself. So the goal of our strategies are find off-market homes for you to list and find off-market homes for you to sell to your buyers so they no longer lose out to competition. We are seeing bidding wars come back. If you want to stop competing and losing, you must find homes that they are unlikely to compete for. So ready for our 23 strategies? Yeah, and these write, write these points down. We're going to go relatively quick, as we always like to do. And this is an overview of, obviously, the more in-depth information you get when you join Premier Coaching. Mm -hmm. You can join Premier Coaching right now for free. And all you have to do is text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. And yes, that does during the free uh, period. That does include a daily semi-private coaching call. So text the word Premier to 47372 or just go to premiercoaching.com. Julie, these are 23 strategies to find off-market or hidden listings. <laughs> we could have okay. thought of a lot more crafty names for really what it is. A lot of list, uh, listing agents in different markets hoarding listings, I think mm -hmm. would be another yeah. way of saying it. But we're going to go through the list now, point number one. Yes, and we know you're always going to start with your MLS, even though we just said it's not the end-all and be-all. So let's start with point number one. Get more creative with your MLS searches. If your buyers keep losing out to multiple bids, search your MLS using the same criteria, but for homes that have been on the market for more than 60 days, some markets just more than 30 days, more than 90 days, et cetera, they probably won't be competing for those homes. Maybe they would consider a duplex in the same area, especially if it provides income for them. Have you had these conversations? And again, same with new construction. A lot of you guys never even have that conversation. Well, just push slightly outside of the area yes. in which you think that they're looking. And that's point number two, Julie. Yes, point number two. I hope you guys are taking notes, writing this down. This should be your checklist and your to-do list for the near future, like starting now. <laughs> so point number two, expand the search for your buyers geographically. If they say they want these three zip codes in Austin, for example, identify why those zip codes and then find other areas that have more inventory but feel similar to those zip codes. Same for school districts, amenities, et cetera. Maybe they just like the neighborhood park in that neighborhood, but there's a better one 10 minutes or 10 miles away that they don't know about yet. Beyond just the obvious analytical expansion of your geographic search area, you've got to get really, really good at pre-qualifying as well. So for example, when you have a buyer say to you, well, I want, you know, I want a large private yard or I want a large yard. I want a lot of acreage. That's something you're going to hear a lot around the country. I have to be on at least an acre, at least five acres. Mm -hmm. Well, ask them why. And the real answer is it's because they want privacy. They don't want to feel their neighbors are on top of them. Well, I mean, if you could have accomplished that goal of finding them a house that had a private backyard or had a private setting that was in uh, less of a rural setting, and you know, in other words, it didn't have acreage, would they consider that? You've got to ask those questions because oftentimes they don't know. So they might have had dreams of having a huge five-acre parcel, parcel one day and whatever, whatever. I mean, we did when we lived in Austin. And let me tell you, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Then you figure out what your mowing bill is going to be, and then you start to adjust your expectations. Or do what we yeah. did, and you didn't win a mowing bill, so you got a couple mini cows. <laughs> That's right. Always an option, But right? those things come with work, too. Yes, they do. You have to chop sweet potatoes every day. All right, so... Uh, you know, expand your searches and really know what they're after. Sometimes one thing in their search will negate the other. Maybe they want acreage, but they also want a good school district. You can't be out in the country, but also have the number one school district sometimes. So 
really drill down and know what they're after. Well, but to that point, Julie, sometimes you can have kids go to a school district. If they're in a, outside of the school district, sometimes there's an ability to pay. pay tuition. To, yeah. Exactly. That's right, but you have to know about these things, right. right? That's an excellent point, and I actually just had that conversation with somebody yesterday, that you've got to think out of the box. All right, so point number three, connect with investors like you see these billboards. We pay cash for homes or we buy ugly houses. There's billboards, they have directional signs, et cetera. Those investors don't purchase every home that they're presented with. Like 10% maybe, because their offers are too low. Exactly. So what happens with their turndowns? Those are still leads. These might make good matches for your buyers or even for you to flip and turn into a rental or for you to turn into a listing. So find investor groups at meetup.com or start your own. And there's lots of private uh, investor groups on Facebook for both flippers and investors. Sometimes you have to be invited to those. Sometimes they're private, but you've got to get that intel. The whole investor space is really an absolute parallel to residential real estate nowadays because a lot of people want to know about how to buy, buy multifamilies. A lot of, there's essentially a whole culture that's come up around short-term rentals. Get to know all those people. If they have virtually, uh, if they meet virtually, which is usually the case, join those groups. Listen. And like Julie said, if there's investors and they're doing a lot of uh, low offers, they're trying to wholesale houses or flipping contracts. Again, some of you are familiar with this whole space. All you've got to do is ask to pick up their breadcrumbs and you will find yourself oftentimes with a lot more listing opportunities you can possibly imagine. And sometimes those investors, they don't even, they're not like say they have a license and you know normally you'd pay someone a referral fee. They might not even want a referral fee. They might just want you to send them uh, any potential, you know, wholesale deals that you discover. Now, I also want to remind all of you, if you're at eXp Realty, there is an amazing program in eXp Realty that all of you should be part of. And if you're not at eXp Realty, this would be a great reason for you to join eXp Realty. The program is called Express Offers. And what that allows you to do is Express Offers is essentially, offers is essentially backed by um, investors, you know, property investors. So if you are in the MLS today, and you find a property that is a, a potential flip or something that maybe would be a good fit for an investor. It's not retail. It's some, you know, no one's going to buy it because it has a foundation issue or whatever it is. You can actually take that listing. That, that isn't even your listing. And if you're an eXp agent and you can present that to express offers, you then can get them to buy it. You would act as their buyer's agent. And then you, by the way, would get that when it came back for sale as the listing agent. I know a lot of our uh, agents at eXp Realty are doing just that. So open your mind to all the possibilities. By the way, for those of you who are interested in joining eXp Realty and you're looking for the next natural step to join eXp Realty, we've made it very easy for you. Text the letters eXp to 47372. Text the letters eXp to 47372. And when you do, you're going to discover a uh, website. And that website is Julie and I's uh, group at eXp. You get a lot of other benefits in addition to wonderful the, all the wonderful things that eXp offers. So if you're on your way to joining eXp, or frankly, if you're just eXp curious, do text the letters eXp to 47372. There's some great videos there explaining why, frankly, thousands of agents are joining eXp every single month. So text the letters eXp to 47372. Julie? Yes, point number four, or strategy number four, new build sales reps. They can be an absolute goldmine, especially in medium and luxury new construction communities. They don't take resale listings and they won't take a home sale contingency. This means they know who has a home for sale before they can close on the new one, which 
is not in the MLS, right? This is kind of like shadow inventory. Now, if that new build rep is licensed, you can pay them a referral fee, but if they're not, you can give them gift cards, bring them treats, aim for at least five relationships like this. Well, the other thing you could do if you don't want to make them fatter, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> right. is you can volunteer to sit in their model for them on the uh, you know occasional days yeah. that they want, provided that you are um, you know, given permission by the builder, uh, their boss. Now, if it's a smaller, medium-sized builder, they're gonna appreciate the fact that you're doing that. If it's a larger builder, then probably you'll have to be an actual employee. But the point is, is work with them. But really what new builder reps want more than anything else is they want opportunities to sell their new construction to your buyers. So whether you're an individual new agent or whether you're a seasoned veteran agent, maybe even with a team of buyer's agents, make sure when you have buyers that show up in your life, you always take them by to see every single new home construction site, to meet every new build rep, if for no other reason that that new build rep is gonna appreciate the fact that you're trying to help them and they might flip to you a resale listing. Hopefully you're seeing all the opportunities that come from you being of service in this case to new build reps. Yes, and it is a fact we have saw this time and again in our own real estate practice, and I see this with coaching clients. Oftentimes, you'll have a buyer that will say, I don't, I don't really want new construction. Until you show them a house that is new construction, they don't know what they want or don't want until they see it. It's just like some, you remember we had one that said, no matter what, I don't want a Cape Cod. Why? Because they grew up in a Cape Cod. They had some brainworm about it. And then what do they do? They fall in love with a beautiful Cape Cod because it had a nice porch in a backyard. Remember, the buyers you work with, and some of you personally who are newer licensees, most people know the house they grew up in, their mom and dad's house, their best friend's house, and that's about it. If you want to hack on what they're actually going to buy, not don't listen to what they say. Look to see where they live. Or if you really want to hack, if they're, uh, let's say they've owned two or three homes, chances are they're moving their furniture, same furniture from one house to the next to the yeah. next. So just ask them to send you some pictures. This is great for Relo too. Ask them to send you pictures of the inside, outside of their house because they're going to want to buy a house where that furniture still works. That's <laughs> people, true. And people are weird that way. No one thinks that my furniture is worth five cents in the dollar versus what I paid for it. They will buy a house around the furniture that yeah. they bought 30 years ago. So there's a, little, Habit, right? there's a little shortcut for all of you. It's true. Now, number five is similar, but a little different twist. New build sales reps can also tell you which homes are about to fall out of contract. If they don't already have somebody to buy it, this is an off-market new construction listing. That be, could be because a buyer lost their financing, lost their job, maybe no longer is qualified with a higher interest rate. Lots of reasons that they know about the shakiest contracts. Maybe somebody didn't actually sell their house and they can't close. So they're going to know about things like that for well, you. Well, that's the big one right there. So if you find someone, I'm going to loop a couple thoughts together. Yep. You might find somebody a new build rep who says, I am about to lose three of my contracts because of the fact that the people couldn't sell their resale listing. In some parts of the country, guys, believe it or not, um, that is going to be the problem. Maybe for whatever reason, right? Well, you are an EXP agent. You can take that, uh, that, you know, that unsold resale house to express offers and you can get that house sold. Do you think that everyone that's going to be associated with that is going to love you? Hell, the new build rep will probably even put you on the purchase contract because you saved her deal or his deal. You guys get it? Open your minds to the possibilities. You have to have more tools, more skills. You know, frankly, you have to have better connections. You have to be associating yourself with a, you know, a different brokerage in some cases. You have to be improving your environment. This new market, guys, 
you have to start with the assumption that nothing worked that worked in the old market is going to work in this new market. Every single thing that worked to generate leads and all the rest of it in the old market, none of it's going to work in this new market. Start with that assumption. That way you're critical of all the things that you're spending time on. I had a call yesterday with someone who's joining us at eXp. And this is an agent who has close to $100 million a year in volume, a team of 14 people. And I'm having this conversation. It was a gal, and, and you know, it didn't take, I, of course, I mean, I don't want to sound snotty, but I, of course, knew that she was having struggles in her team because guess what? I had these calls all day. And then I had, um, we got to the numbers. I didn't want to bring it up, I didn't want to embarrass her, but she essentially was dealing with the fact that she was losing money in her, um, her real estate team. So on the call, which was just originally supposed to talk about EXP, I spent ended up spending about 90 minutes with her, and we created a plan so that she can essentially get her business profitable again um, within probably 45 days or less. I helped her, and she already knew what to do, by the way. I was just telling her what she ne didn't necessarily want to do, but she kind of already knew it. I helped her to set aside her fear of looking like she was failing to actually implement a plan that would ensure that she wouldn't fail. Because the reason that she didn't want to uh, change is because in her mind, everyone else was going to, you know, uh, is going to say, well, you know, Betty used to have six buyer's agents and now she only has two. Well, Betty used to be, you know, have all this and now she only has that. And she was really thinking in her head that somehow everyone was sitting around talking about her and, you know, she had 100% created a real horrible mental environment for herself that was preventing her from making the smart decision so she could adjust to this new market. And also, I'll, I'll tell you something else, guys, that I told her. She needed to make all of her decisions with the assumption that everything was going to get far worse before it got better. And now, will it? Probably not. But by thinking like that, you overcorrect. Now, does that mean that maybe she fires somebody that uh, she's going to regret in six months having fired? Sure. Hire somebody new. What you've got to do now is overprepare. Hope for the best. Prepare for the worst, right? That's the call I had with her yesterday. Hopefully, some of you at least are, um, you know, you're considering the fact that you still can be successful, maybe even more successful in this market than you ever were in the previous markets. And Julie does have, uh, for those of you who are interested, does have one, I checked this morning, right? Mm -hmm. One. I think so. One elite co uh, coaching spot left. So if you want to be coached directly by Julie Harris, text me directly at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. Point number six. My number six, you think I'm going to say FISBO, but instead I'm going to say for rent by owners of single family homes, duplexes, et cetera. They are advertising their phone number. The script is simple. You can learn it in Premier Coaching. And it's a business decision for them. They're also a great resource to have a place for your wayward sellers who have sold but not yet bought. So let's explain this. If you most of your um, for rent by owners that aren't using property managers, they're probably, they don't own a lot of homes. They own maybe two, three, four, right? And they probably don't really know how much equity they have in those properties. And they probably are really sick of having to deal with, you know, all the things that go along with owning re uh, rental property. Rental property, if you are wondering, it certainly is not passive by any means. And yeah, you're doing all kinds of crazy things you never thought you'd have to do between, you know, dealing with <laughs> home repairs sure. to dealing with, you know, lunatic tenants and, you know, all these different things. So the moral of the story is you might find by calling, um, you know, essentially the for rent by owners that a lot of them would be very pleased to sell the property, but you won't know until you call and don't think that they were necessarily already thinking about it. They will be thinking about it when you let them know that they're going to walk away with a check that's large enough for them to buy that big ass boat they've always dreamed of. You guys get the point? 
These are known often by our prospecting clients as reluctant landlords. So these are people, especially now we're seeing that they kept it. They thought it was going to be a really great VRBO or rental. And to your point, it turned out not so much. And so. Well, so Julie, do you have a separate point in, in there for the short-term rentals? Yes. Okay, good. Coming up in a podcast near you. <laughs> okay, so one more point and then we will let them digest this and we'll get them ready for tomorrow's podcast. Point number seven, connect with, and this, this is very different thought for some of them, but it's really fantastic. Connect with assisted living care housing intake directors. Assisted living care housing intake directors. Most people pay for their assisted care living costs by what? Selling their home and cashing out the equity. Actually, it's even, I think, more onerous than that. What generally happens in most of these assisted living care facilities is that if the the possible per, the person wanting to move in there makes too much money, they can't qualify to live in that facility because the facilities, even these brand new ones, which are pretty damn nice, they're all subsidized by, I think it's Fannie Mae or Sally Mae right. or something. Mm-hmm. It's subsidized by the government. But it's, <laughs> as crazy as it sounds, it actually have, has an income cap. I think the income cap is like 35 grand. Yeah, it's pretty low, surprisingly yeah. low. And uh, so what happens is you go, you talk to these, you know, you talk to the intake directors, really their sales people Mm -hmm. and you go through well who is it you know what are your criteria 99% of the time if the also if they have too much income or too many assets they are forced to sell those assets and the deal is for example if you have like I remember Julie's grandparents were going through this they sold everything before they actually decided to move forward with having those conversations because the and a lot of older people don't realize this is how it works but in order for you, Mr. You know, old uh, retired person, to live here, you're going to have to basically commit your assets to the facility. So if they have a house, the house is going to have to be sold, and that house then, the money from the proceeds then, goes to paying for their cost of living at the facility. You guys get it? And again, I want you to understand, these are not your old folks' homes of the 1960s and 70s. No. These, some of these are really damn nice, um, and so they're expensive. And there's different, like, um, sometimes you might be living in uh, an apart- what amounts to an apartment building. Other times it's going to be a duplex. Other parts it's going to be a fourplex. And then if you really roll in there and you're able to basically make a big contribution, then you're living in a single family. And, again, you learn about all this. There's a lot more I can talk about. It's all different about. levels. But the thing that I like about this particular strategy is that not very many agents even know. I mean, how many of our listeners, this is a new thought just from the get-go? You, so. could, do, you could do this if you live in like, well, frankly, where we used to live, Georgetown, Texas. Georgetown, Texas has a ton of these. Yes, and they're all really nice. They are really nice. We didn't know it when we lived there or moved there. It, at one point, Georgetown, Texas was like the number one place to retire in America. Yes. And you'd know it when you got there, especially mm-hmm. in certain parts of town. It was really nice. Boy, going to the grocery store on the wrong day was a nightmare. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> they would, they, you know, you would see these folks in their 70s, 80s, and sometimes 90s that would be pushing their carts and just stop in the middle of the wow. aisle and have That's conversations. Grandma and Grandpa meetup day. That's yeah, exactly. All. Yeah. You're, not going, you're not going down that aisle no <laughs> nope. matter what. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So so this can be a real goldmine because almost nobody um, really makes those connections, and there's so many of them. And there's a, a lot of different stratosphere to that. So you've, you, know, you have different uh, areas of town and, and different directors. They may not always be called housing intake director, but it's the same idea. That's right. So guys, we're going to start tomorrow on point number eight. And point number eight is a great point. You're going to love it. So make sure you tune in. So listen, we have a, we have a, we're striking a bargain with all of you. You guys love this podcast. You listen to it every single day. It's the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate professionals. Um, you know, in the United States, it, a lot of you discover us because you've been referred to, or this podcast has been referred to you by other uh, real estate agents, realtors. 
or frankly, maybe you discovered it on iTunes. We need your help, guys. Could you please give us a five-star review and a pithy comment, you know, something that I think w would relate to other people that are searching for podcasts? That helps us out tremendously with the iTunes uh, search engine widget. So please do give us a five-star review and a pithy comment, something that, you know, really would relate to someone who is searching for podcasts, letting the world know why you listen to us every single day. You are... Um, and you have helped us to really fulfill one of our life's missions, which is um, essentially helping as many people as we possibly can. That's always what we've hoped to do. And this podcast has allowed us to be in front of literally millions and millions of you every single year. And it's an incredible honor. And we sincerely, we love it. We appreciate it. Um, I think it's one of the most significant things Julie and I have ever done in our work lives, more than mm -hmm. anything probably we've ever done, because why? It, we're helping more people. You know, we might sell tens of thousands of copies of our book, but we're helping millions and millions of real estate professionals in at least the United States. It's our honor to be your podcast coaches. <laughs> and for those of you who are part of Premier Coaching, we appreciate that. For those of you who are joining us at EXP Realty, we appreciate that. Remember, just text the letters EXP to 47372. Remember when texting, message, and data rates may apply. We'll talk with you guys on the show tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>